Good morning, everybody. Hey, good morning. I just realized that I, again, didn't add us to the thing and mute our um, our the mics. Sound, so, the sound, audio Yeah, we'll have to add that to the, uh, the stuff on this. The, uh, they know the, the song. They were singing it. <laughs> so we were dun, dun, yeah. dun. Dun. Yeah, we could we could do it again. I'm yeah. not going to do it again. Um, uh, I, I look forward to the day. Jim and I are pretty much so. It's like it is the say. two of us flying by the seat of our pants, ninety eight percent of the time, probably a hundred percent of the time. Um, and so it's you know it's just the two of us do this. And I look forward to the day when I have someone that does the stuff for us she does a fantastic job i do well, that day will come yeah. but in the meantime she does a fantastic job yeah. so we're, we're, uh, <laughs> we're figuring it out um uh go ahead and say good morning let us know where you're coming from yeah um you know we've got a really great topic today that we, we were did. we kind of had a conversation before um before we went live with our guest and it's like you know we probably didn't choose the most engaging topic or and we're working title. on that a title you mean? <laughs> or a title yeah yeah um and title to like people are going oh that's completely yeah. something that i want to to uh to learn about but i'll tell you what we're going to be talking about today is relevant to every dealer out there sure. regardless of where you are in your size and age so go um, grab a car dealer and bring them to the, yeah. to the <laughs> show so exactly now there is exactly. a good, some good stuff to talk about yeah a okay couple of first announcements. announcements yeah reminder that we We've got uh, our March 30th event mm -hmm. uh, coming up. We're starting to get uh, some registrations in on that. We got sponsors in, and, on that, and we so. actually uh, we had our if if you're a friend of the Octane Group page, we've already posted one of our um, marketing pieces, and so that'll be going out. We're going to be sharing it and other things um, today, and uh, this is really going to be a amazing um amazing uh opportunity and and i was just kind of thinking as we were talking with our guest about you know how uh, we're we're um, we're inviting people in for the morning show and um choosing topics that kind of in a way lead us to what we're doing in march because we're you know there's a lot of really good meat on the bone about what it is that that we're what our our ultimate goal is with this event in march and i was kind of thinking as we we're going there's like this is the ultimate working on your business instead of in your business um uh event that you could possibly go to this is yeah. about working on your business instead of in your business yeah it's about mm -hmm. creating solution i think uh, my goal of the event is bring all the smart people that have the answers because mm -hmm. we we got a lot of questions to bring to, to mm -hmm. that day and um so today's conversation with uh, paxton is going to be mm -hmm. Uh, much along that yeah. line. I did want to put I, in a quick mention mm -hmm. to our sponsors oh, who yeah. have stepped in already, and you'll see it on our materials. Dealer RE, so those folks that are in reinsurance business um, all across the country. Uh, LHPH Capital, you guys know them from mm -hmm. Lease or Pay here from San Diego. And then uh, Butler Sanchez, you go and Amanda yeah. are, are sponsoring as well. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome. And um, just so you all know, when you see the links go out for the um, for the the event that we are doing, um, an early bird special on that. And so just wanted to put a plug out there uh, that it will be early bird, capital E, capital B morning show capital m we'll put it on the thing next capital time. s yeah. and that is going to get you 125 dollars off of your registration yeah. for this so um and that will be ending on march 9th yeah. so get in there and get um so it's it's uh you know we just want to get people like 
to get in there. And also, if you do register for that, that you're going to have access to the recording afterwards at no additional cost. So that will include that's part of your ticket. Good morning, Russell Moore. Glad yeah, you're here. This is going to yeah. be a fun conversation. You're yeah. going to enjoy what we yeah. have to talk about here. Should so we bring our guests? Let's in? bring in okay. Paxton. Right. And and Paxton. First thing before, it, thank you so much for joining us. And you and Jim must have memoed each other about oh, what about you were the, wearing yeah. today. There you go. <laughs> I didn't notice. Jim, I got to send you a. I got to send you a Primalin shirt. Oh so yeah. You, oh, yeah. You got yes. one of these. There yeah. you go. If if we can send you a morning show one or a coffee yeah. mug. There you a go. Yeah. I've got, I've got my plastic plastic cup from a golf course. So outstanding. Very good. Morning, George Very good. Good morning, Karen George. Barnett. Glad yeah. to have you guys here. So yeah. So mm -hmm. I kind of kind of give a little background. So Paxton on the morning show, I kind of like to think of our morning show conversations as a little like we if we met for coffee at a conference, we're just chatting over a cup of coffee mm -hmm. at a conference is kind of the way I think about this. So, you know there's no wrong answers here. We're just talking about things that we know from, mm -hmm. from the business. And, you know, I invited you because I I'm aware, I really, really only became aware in the last six months or so that you guys um, have part of your, your uh, offering is consulting for mergers and acquisitions. So I obviously knew of your experience. I, I, I know that you were a 20 group moderator prior to Primalind, right? You worked with uh, Leadem groups and moderating 20 groups. So a lot of experience there operationally for buy here, pay here. And, and so you and I actually met in the buy here, pay here trenches uh, some years ago. And so he's thinking back to when that was. <laughs> yeah. I'll remind you if we need to. A long time ago. Yeah, the, the, the further your eyes roll back is yeah. your yeah. thing. Yeah, no, not 2014. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. But yeah, I just think knowing your experience, I knew you would be somebody that would have a lot to add to this conversation because one of the things that we've been out there talking about last year, we recorded a three part um, podcast with Ken Shilson and Mark Burkholder and Brent Carmichael. And we took on this thing about why is there no blue sky in buy here payer? Why are these dealers facing a liquidation scenario? when they decide to exit the business after years of building up a company uh you know why aren't they being able to translate any value so that's kind of what we're thinking about when i ask you about mergers and acquisitions we know that the typical main street buy here payer dealer is not going to become some acquisition target where people are going to show up looking to you know, buy them for some big multiple but we also know that Dealers have the opportunity to install some things in their business to make that business more valuable, valuable and conveyable. And sometimes this is not so much that they're going to sell it. They might be uh, it's creating a succession plan, right, for, for a loved one, family member, but also if something happened unexpectedly, like they're going to want to get the most value out of the business for the sake of their family. Uh, so whatever that looks like after they're gone. So these are uncomfortable things sometimes for dealers to think about. Mm -hmm. Somebody told me recently that, you know, dealers tend to think they're going to live forever. And Superman. Uh, you know, some of us do. <laughs> yeah. The reality is there are some things that we can do in our business to make it more valuable and it doesn't have to be extra effort. It's things that we're doing already. It's just kind of installing some pieces. So that's really what I wanted to have a chance to talk about today. So I wanted to really find out from your experience in working with mergers and acquisitions, like what do you see when people are out there in a, in a conversation or negotiation for an acquisition, like what are the things that they're, they're looking at? What are they trying to figure out in terms of deciding the value of, of an acquisition? Well, I, to, to go back to what you said first, which is you like to think of the morning show as an opportunity for people to just yes. sit around as if we're at the table, you know, drinking a cup of coffee. Um, if that were the case, I think we'd have to, 
take our cup of coffee and, and move as far away from Russell Moore as possible. Oh, <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. But, I mean, can we just all agree on that? Um, so un unfortunately, Russell's already logged in for the day, so there's not much we can do about that. So let's just pretend as if Russell wasn't here. A virtual jab. Yeah. Um, there you go. That that's for you, Russ. Um, you know what? What I would say is, um, when it comes to valuation, um, there's there's been this historical reality, right? And, and many dealers don't really understand um, what that is. There's not a, you know, there's not some, uh, not a lot anyways, I should say of experts that you can kind of go out, hire and say, listen, you know, here's my buy here, pay here operation. Here's how long we've been in business. Here's my financial statements. Here's look at my PL. Um, you know, look at my balance sheet and then, tell me based on you know some multiple of earnings or some number what my company is worth um i think unfortunately a lot of dealers get that advice from people who don't understand our industry and the true realities are um for better or worse right and i think the 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 topic of this conversation is how do we improve it as much as we can possibly improve it right mm -hmm. um let me just start with where most everybody is. And then we can talk about how, you know, what are the things that you can do to, to increase that over time? Mm -hmm. um, the reality is, is that for most dealers, it's just the true uh, liquidation value of the assets of the company. Mm -hmm. And and I think this is even where a lot of dealers get confused and kind of start off in the negotiation of a, of a sale of their company or an acquisition uh, transition where they say, well, you know, I, um, I did a note sale some time ago and, um, I sold the top 20% of my portfolio and I was paid 85 cents of, of, of principal for that portfolio. Mm -hmm. So if I've got this $10 million receivable company, then it must be worth eight and a half million dollars. Right. And that immediately, it's just not valid. Um, the The true value of your company is the liquidation value of all the assets. So if the top 20% of the portfolio that you sold that um, had maybe a 30 or 60 day recourse um, came in at 85 cents, well, what's the value of the portion of the, the bottom 20% of your receivables, all of which is probably past due from one day, $1 to north of 120 days past due, all the skips in your portfolio, the out for repos, the damaged inventory. Um, you know, what, what's the pennies on the dollar that you would get for that portion of your portfolio? Um, and maybe that's only 20 cents on the dollar. Um, so I think that um, in our experience, um, you know, you mentioned that you just became aware that Primaland offered um, consulting for mergers and acquisitions in the last few months. And Jim, that's, it's never been a business line for us until until recently. Mm. It's something that within our portfolio and within the customer base of Primaland, this is something we've done for 10 years or more, right? We have a lot of customers that are growth and um, you know, kind of growth minded, expansion minded. Um, they wanna get into a new city or a new demographic or maybe even another state. Um, and we've been able to assist in those transactions. And I came across um, a study that showed um, 
and this was shocking to me, so maybe it will be to you, maybe it won't be, um, that the average age of an independent car dealer owner, maybe not the the day-to-day operator, but the on-paper owner of the business, the average age is over 70 years old today. Wow. Really? Less less than 60% of them have any kind of secession planning. Yeah. And, And so what happened is, it really said, you know what? We've been doing this for a long time. We have a bit of a playbook of, of you know, how to evaluate these companies, um, how to put a deal together. What are some of the strengths and weaknesses of one dealer compared to another? Um, what are some things to avoid? Um, and we said, you know, this is a this is a potential business line for us. And as soon as we, if you will, hung our shingle out there, immediately, I think it's because a lot of people just don't know who or where else to call. We started getting the phone calls. Hey, I've got this piece of real estate. Hey, I've got this portfolio. Hey, I'm looking to get into this space or get into that space. Um, my neighbor down the road is doing X, Y, Z. I want to take advantage. Um, and so it's been uh, uh, it's 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 been great for us, great for our business. And I think we've we've helped you know numerous dealers kind of reach their goal, both both the buying side and the selling side. Because um, Jim, one of the biggest issues that a seller has is how do you underwrite yeah. the potential buyer? <laughs> oh, right? yeah. How do you underwrite the buyer? No, but um, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's the old, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. We've seen a lot of people make some pretty outlandish offers to our clients for their businesses. And, you know, one of the practices we see is what they like to do is come in and say, hey, we'll pay you X amount, you know, some number well over maybe even what you thought your valuation was. They want to enter you into a exclusive, uh, you know, rights for maybe six months or a year or two years. And then they want to take that and an LOI, a letter of intent. And then they go shop to try to get the capital to raise the money to come sure. buy your business. Well, as an owner of a company, you've just wasted six yeah. months or two years of your time for somebody who, frankly, is never going to have the ability to close. That's um, like, state, like, right. It's like, you know. People step in there and write a real estate offer contingent upon financing. And we got to, we got to know if we want to, I got to sell my other house before I can buy your house. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so do you, do you want that offer um, yeah. that even though they paid over asking, or do you want the guy who maybe it's 5% below asking, but he's got cash. Yeah. Right. So, um, so when I think about our thing, Paxton on March 30th, I think what I'm hearing you describe as far as the transactions you guys have done so far, they've primarily been asset sales. You're arriving at the value of the assets that are being transferred to, from one party to another. And the part that I'm really trying to drill down to is, and, and I realize what we're up against here, but it's like, what, what could be identified as any kind of intangible value in a transfer like the the assets are the assets we all understand we can value the real estate we can value the inventory even the portfolio contracts even though that's the largest we we can go shop that and get bids in days right so i'm really trying to identify if i have a brand let's say i've created a company that has some sort of brand has a written playbook has you know lots of the pieces something happens to me unexpectedly now michelle owns it she has no desire to be in that business is there anything that you can think of that I can do to create a value in that business that makes it make sense as a going concern? Somebody acquires yes. and continues that brand. Well, what you just said, Jim, is your number one answer. And that is, as a going concern, right. there is additional value. Right. If I'm an owner of a buy here, pay here operation, and I want to 
maybe move into a new market or expand my operation, if I'm going to open a greenfield new store, right, there's a certain amount of cost and capital I need to raise in order to make that happen. And as a result of that, um, what I can tell you is uh, two things that we that we see that happen almost instantaneously. People understand real estate, right? Mm -hmm. They've bought and sold real estate in their business or commercial or otherwise. And so when they start thinking about um, maybe transitioning out of the business, selling the business, or, or if, if, some, if something dramatic happens, if there's a tragedy or death in the family, and then a family member or wife is left with the business they don't want, right. the first thing they do, because they understand it, is market and sell the real estate. Yeah. And it's the worst thing you can do. Okay. Because what you've done is you've spent years or decades developing a business and a relationship with your customers at a particular location. Sure. You've been servicing those customers as a buy here, pay here dealer out of that location. And now you've taken the key component of that and you've lost control of that property for the incoming owner. Right. right. So if you're looking to sell those assets, if you're looking to uh, to keep the business as a going concern. Right. The most important thing you can do is ensure that you have control of the real estate while negotiating the value of those additional assets, your portfolio, your inventory, your people. Um, all of those things are effectively tied to. Do, do I have control of the real estate or do I not? Are you in a long term lease? that if I buy the equity of your company can be assigned to me. Mm -hmm. um, uh, if, if that's the case, you know, we had a deal in, in Fort Lauderdale a couple of years ago where um, the, the city was no longer going to allow additional dealer license on that street. Right. Nice. So the dealer who was there was grandfathered in. So to sell the business, to sell the assets, to do all of that, if, if, if he couldn't sell the equity of the company and the real estate all together and mm -hmm. maintain that same license number and so forth for the new owner, sure. then uh, the new owner couldn't even have a car dealership at that location. Mm -hmm. yeah. So these are all things that you have to know, understand, consider when you start talking about what is, what is the true value of my company. Um, it really begins with in, ensuring that you retain control of the real estate. If you own it, fantastic. If you've got a lease, do you have a long-term lease that can be transferable to the new owners of the portfolio? Fantastic. Um, because that is your number one draw is the cash flow that's coming from the receivables assets that you've built. Right. Otherwise, why not just go down the street, pay somebody else rent, and I can start a new operation with my people, my processes, and none of the, I don't know what's in the closet that I have to worry about. Right. Yeah, I think that's the part too that I, I look forward to drilling down to like on this March 30th day is like we we know that in that scenario you describe, imagine I'm that dealer and I have the real estate and I have maybe it's a long-term lease, whatever, but I have the real estate locked up. I can stay there. I'm no longer in the picture, but I have a business that has got a healthy debt ratio. It's generating positive cash. Um, I've got a playbook. I've got... Um, I've got an employee compensation plan that rewards people for longevity and they maybe have a profit share. And so I got a great team of people who are happy to stay. They don't want to see the business go away. Mm -hmm. I've got this team in place and I've got this playbook and this system that's working pretty well and I've got positive cash. 
why would I just liquidate those assets? Like that's the part that I'm trying to understand is why would I just liquidate those assets? What? And so this is the part that I look forward to drilling down to with all the experts like yourself is let's, let's figure that out. Let's try to help folks figure out what could they create that would make that business have a chance to survive them. Well, let me, let me surprise you with something. And that is, um, a lot of people, what you just said, like, well, we have X amount of cash flow, we have X amount of profitability. Here's been our, you know, growth rate over X number of years. Um, there, there's value in the financial statements. Um, if you said to me, you know, if you were going to purchase a business, what are the first few things you're going to request? We kind of talked about that pre-show. Um, one of those things is, hey. Let me see your balance sheet. Let me see your P&L. Um, the realities, however, of your buyer are different. Um, let me give you, let me paint a picture. Um, let's say you've been at, uh, in a location, you've been there 10 years, um, and you don't have a senior lender, right? You, you, you bootstrapped the business from day one. You borrowed some family money. You've now paid that off. Uh, you don't have a line of credit with with Primaland or one of our competitors or a bank line. Um, the real estate, you own it. And because you as an owner made the decision that I'm going to pay myself based on the profitability of the company, maybe you paid yourself a W-2 wage of a dollar a year or $20,000 a year. Well, when you bring me your, your P&L and you show me your financial statements, um, it has very little value to me as an incoming buyer. Because what I'm looking at is I'm saying, well, I'm expansion and growth minded. My company is far more levered than what your company is. Mm -hmm. um, I have a senior line of credit with Primal End on not only this location, but six other locations. So my cost of capital is significantly higher than what your cost of capital has been over the last number of years. Um, and so uh, the real value in that, Jim, is is less about how profitable you've been or or how much money you have or haven't made. And it's about um, what you did touch on is the expense structure of the business, because that's what, that's what they truly need to understand. I have 23 employees, you know, here are their roles and responsibilities. Um, here are the people that have been with me for X number of years. Here are the key people and key roles that want to keep their positions and want to stay with the company. Those are things that, that become very valuable. Um, Less value is the actual performance from a financial statement perspective, because nobody's going to pay you any kind of, you know, multiple on earnings or anything else. What is most valuable is um, the reporting in terms of your systems and and how clean is your portfolio. Sure. If I come in to look at your portfolio and I can't decipher what is real and what's not real, if you're not on a on a real high quality, you know, like an AMS or an IDMS, you know, high level DMS software that I know has audit controls that that somebody in your personnel can't just go in and delete payments and falsify, you know, delinquency and past due dates and things without certain audit controls and time date and stamps and stuff. Um, if I'm coming in to look at the portfolio. How good are your collection notes? How much information is there on the consumers? Um, do you have references? You know, are, the, are, are these things active and, and accounted for? Um, those are the things that are really important. Those are the things that can add additional value over another company um, to say, okay, here's my liquidation value of the company. 
no recourse, very different, because what you don't want to do is sell your company and agree to 30 or 60 day recourse while somebody else is collecting your notes, while somebody else is handling your customer base. That never works. We see it happen all the time. You know what? I'm not getting the price I want. I'm going to have a desk in the in the building and I'm going to collect out the remainder of my portfolio and an XYZ dealer is going to you know have all the new business going forward. Seen some of that too. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I'm trying to get to, and and we 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 won't get to all of it today. Like sure. I, there's it's a big subject, and I think it's part of why we felt like we want to kind of day. flesh it out yeah. with the whole panel, right? But I think the part that is curious to me too is, like, if I if let me just be the buyer. If if I were going to buy your business, I'd be asking probably for four things right out of the bat. I'd want to know portfolio performance. Give me the last twelve months portfolio performance. I want to see cash flow statement, profit and loss, balance sheet, pretty much in that order. I'm going to look at portfolio performance. So that if I acquire this portfolio, what kind of cash can I expect to yield on it on the next 24 months or so? But then the other piece for me is, let's suppose I'm not in business. I'm buying your business. And I I have to make a judgment about if I buy Haxton's business that has got real estate, it's been in a location, it's got a brand, it's consistently doing 50 sales a month. If I acquire that business, my likelihood of doing 50 sales next month compared to my likelihood of doing 50 sales a month. If I go create my own brand across town, create a whole new store, am I going to do 50 a month? I think so. But what if I don't? So, so those are the things that for me start to, we start to identify as intangibles. It's like, if I acquire a business that is a going concern, it has, it's established, it has a team, it is producing. I can see the, I can see the, the owner's manual. And I can have some certainty that if I bought this business and I stepped in there and the team stayed with me, I could expect similar results. I mean, there's some value there. Oh, there is. And I, and I think if, if, if all of that is true, mm-hmm. um, what a buyer is going to do is say, okay, here's the liquidation true kind of value of the company. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to say, what, uh, I mean, this is reality that if I were doing this, mm-hmm. I would say, if I were to start up an operation across the street, um, how much equity am I going to have to raise or put into that operation before I am cash flow positive at the level that the business is today? Yeah. Right. Sure. And whatever the whatever that period of time and however much equity that is that I have to raise, let's say it's two million dollars. Right. Well, then I would look at the business that I'm potentially buying and say, well, if I'm going to spend two million I'd probably rather just spend two million and just bet on myself and and, and so on. Mm-hmm. But if I could get all of the same advantages in a going concern business with personnel and cash flow um, and only spend 1.5 million, then then right there is your enterprise value. I'm sure. willing to pay you 1.5 million dollars over what the true liquidation value of your company is sure. just, just to save me the time, the trouble uh, and, and, and the raising of equity uh, issues related to starting a business effectively across the street from, from, from jump. Right. So that's so, kind of, I think what we were trying to drill down to. Yeah. And, that's, that- and, and, and so, and that, and that's real um, how that, how that really works um, because you wind up getting into an argument of well what is the liquidation value and and um getting people to see eye to eye on that becomes very challenging so what primalin likes to do working with our customers and and merging you know a seller and a buyer and getting them to agree is we say look 
what is the collateral recovery ratio? Um, how much actual cash have you put in your pocket on the receivables you've created over the life of the loan? Right. And, and if I look at your $10 million portfolio today and your CRR is 68 cents, right? That's well above what the true liquidation value is. So we like to kind of start there and say, okay, now what are the pros and cons that can either move that number up mm -hmm. or move that number down? Sure. Because if I'm a buyer, I want to know how much cash is this business going to throw off? Well, historically, the collateral recovery rate tells you for every dollar of principal they've created, 68 cents of that they've collected. Okay, that's my starting point. Now, is the portfolio clean? Can I track everything? Um, you mentioned earlier, and this is, uh, again, where, where I would differ from one thing you said is that you said one of the first things I'd want is let me see the last 12 months performance history, right? What we have seen, most people who start to sell a business, they start thinking about this years before they take action, Okay, right? Gotcha. Yeah. So what do they do? Historically, they've sold 50 cars a month at the location, but one year prior to selling, they start selling 80 cars a month at that location. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because they want the portfolio to be as high of a dollar amount as it can possibly be. They're throwing false principle, if you will, yeah. on the pile right. saying, well, these guys are going to come in and negotiate hard with me. And, and so I'm just going to start saying yes to everything. And it's not going to be my problem. It's going to be their problem 18 months down the road. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. um, so we see a lot of that in the marketplace that um, a lot of savvy sellers uh, will really start. <laughs> will really start propping up their portfolio, changing underwriting, um, extending, uh, you know, due dates and uh, allowing a lot of additional deferrals, you know, things of that nature, because what they want is that principal balance to be as high as possible on the date of sale. Yeah. Um, and so, again, those are the things that having a partner like like us or, or others that do this is really valuable because you're going to how do you pro forma that out? How do you model that out? Mm -hmm. That's not something you're comfortable with or something you have expertise and experience doing. You really want to identify a partner who can can look at those things and 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 help you really understand that, whether it's on the sale side or the buy side. Sure. Yeah. So we're uh, we're beyond 30 minutes. Yeah. We try to keep it pretty close to that. We never got around to the actual dealer scenario. Like maybe we can have you back. We're certainly going to yeah. have a chance to have a conversation with you. That would be great been conversation. Yeah, it's good stuff. Really, Max, really good stuff. Thank you. Our, our dealers You're are very welcome. And are, are getting a lot from that. I think um, it's an interesting thing. Like it's a really great conversation. I think it's an interesting thing for us to take on. And I, th I think for us, it's a matter of helping dealers understand that, you know, we, we know that only a small percentage of people who might be listening are really thinking acquisition or selling their business, whatever, retiring, whatever. And so we're really more focused on how do we help people just install things in their business? They're going to make it more, at least sustainable, allow them to be on a four week vacation and have the business still perform well. You know, all those kind of things is like, you know, we, yeah. we're trying to focus on those pieces first. What were you going to say? We talked about a lot of stuff. Let me, let me just leave you with one thought, right? Some do's and don'ts. Okay. The most important thing is a clean portfolio. Yeah, right. Yeah. Don't play games. Yeah. Um, you know, make sure you've got proper audit controls, keep excellent collection notes, um, do all of those things. Because if there's even a sniff of fraud, most buyers are just uninterested to try to filter through all of that. There's just too many other options. Right. Um, uh, and, and, and secondly, maintaining control of the real estate 
and making sure you have a going concern business. Do not shut the business down. Do not terminate employees. Do not let go of all of your techs and then market your business. Yeah, good. Um, your business is far more valuable as a going concern. If you're just a lot sitting there with a portfolio that is difficult to collect, you've you've and, and literally in a in two weeks you can kill the entire value of your company. Yeah, the only thing I would add to your list is uh, in addition to clean portfolio would be consistent underwriting. Yeah, because it's only it's it'll be clean again next month, right? If it's, <laughs> if it's we talked about that, right? Playing play, playing fast and loose, right? Yeah. Uh, le leading yeah. up to uh, the sale, trying to grow the balance and do all right. of these games. Uh, yeah. Anybody who is um, really capable of closing, yeah. we'll figure that out. Yeah, for okay. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Thank we should wrap up. Yeah, it's great stuff. Thank Appreciate you. Um, if you want to just stick around for a minute till after we close off so we can sure. say a proper goodbye and thank you. And um, really appreciate you taking yeah, your time tight. this morning. Back Very soon. welcome. Thank you for having us. Appreciate You're it. Welcome. All righty. So we didn't um, say, I think folks know where to reach Paxton. He's at uh, Primaland Capital Partners. If you can't find him, call us. We know how to find yeah. him. So, uh, so we, <laughs> we, do. we can get you connected. I, yeah, so I, yeah. yeah, they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're, uh, obviously one of the premier, um, you know, most active lenders in the, the space, kind of a specialty um, lender, if you will. And so, uh, yeah, get to know them if you don't know them already. All righty. Again, um, March 30th, put it on your calendar. Uh, uh, early bird special, early bird morning show. Yeah. 125. Let's tune in on Monday and we'll have it on yeah. the theme. We'll have it on 125 the ticker. 125 off. So, yeah. yeah, we'll put it on a ticker and uh, be watching some of the marketing pieces going out uh, starting now. So, all right, everybody. Hey, um, thank you so much for joining. Happy Friday. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you back here Monday, right? We'll see you all back here on Monday. Yeah. Thanks. Bye.